Keep the change, you filthy animal. Where is the beef? Hey, how you doing? Hold on to your butt. Feels like an RV snack. Mine. Son of a... That's gonna leave a mark. Chili, baby, back with Well, what if there is no tomorrow? There wasn't one today. This is Tom and Jim's Top 5. Naming their top five lists on everything pop culture. Celebrating the 90s, sports, movies, music, and more. They're not authorities, just grown children. Here's your host, Tom Skull and Jim Doubt. I mean, so just chalk that up to yet another city I'm no longer uh, allowed to go to. So I just, I'm running out of places to go, Jim. You got to stop taking your pants off. Okay, first of all, there was no sign at the swimming pool, okay? Second of all, it was really hot. Mm-hmm. So how is this it was my also, fault? Well, it was a privately owned pool in someone's backyard. No sign? There was no sign. How did I know it was someone's backyard? It's fair. Fair point. Fair point. Yeah. I mean, they were out there hanging out. I just thought there were people joining the pool. I thought it was a public pool. You know, I, I said, you know, when they were grilling, he was grilling burgers. I said, you know, throw a little cheese on mine, sir. And I jumped Picture in there. you like, like the end of Ferris Bueller, just jumping over people in lawn mm-hmm. chairs. Yeah. Dinner's ready. It was like a combination of Ferris Bueller's day off and, and Sandlot when I just yelled cannonball and I jumped in <laughs> my chubby little belly. And, uh, yeah, it was great. It was great. So yeah. Mm-hmm. So again, I guess I can't go, uh, I uh, can't go to Moorhead, Minnesota anymore. So they're lost, Tom. They're, They're lost. lost. They're lost. Well, hey, everybody. This is uh, Tom and Jim's top five. That's Tom and Jim's top five. Just want to say it a little slower this time. Did it work? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And uh, the other voice there is uh, Jim Dowd. Jiminy, Jim, 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 Jeru. Oh, what a lovely introduction. <laughs> I don't think that one was my best, honestly. Yeah. Let's just go with it. Yeah. Let's just go with it. Bar's pretty low. Good. How you doing, buddy? I'm good, man. How are you doing? I'm fantastic. I am fantastic. We uh, had a good. I had a good weekend. Um, good. Uh, good. We have good, a good, good show coming up. I'm very excited. We have uh, Keith Hopkins of uh, Hexagon Motion Pictures joining us later. Um, yes. Really cool. Really cool dude. Really cool guy. Awesome Working stuff. Working on some really cool stuff. Yeah. It's. Oh, check it out. It's. Uh, he'll give you his. You. His. Uh, his. His social stuff anyway but it's on youtube just look up hexagon motion pictures they're all on there they're awesome so but we'll talk more about with him later uh but jim we had uh a nice weekend here in duluth minnesota how about you in cleveland ohio uh yeah i think yeah it was nice it was good yeah nothing exciting didn't do anything uh what did we do over the weekend um nice good job Mm -hmm. good job there uh yeah i don't I don't think we did anything like major, just took care of some stuff on some lists that we needed to get done. Oh, you know what? I take that back. I did do something. Um, okay. Some good friends of mine came into town on Sunday. Hmm. That wasn't uh, me, so I know, I know where I stand. I um, said good friends. Right. Gotcha. Good friends. Gotcha. <laughs> yeah. And I'm the mean one. Okay. <laughs> <All right. laughs> they uh, live in uh, Nashville. They're they're in a band called the Cerny Brothers. I, I mentioned them before. Oh, yeah. You mentioned and, these guys. Uh, yeah, it's uh, Bob and Scott Cerny and then my friend Quinn Johnson who uh, manages them and does their social media and stuff like that. Nice. And um, the three of them came up here to play a show. 
So um, my wife and I and a couple of friends of ours went to watch him play, and then they crashed at our place for the night and got up and headed to the next show in Davenport, Iowa. So, oh, Davenport, uh, lovely! Of, it's gorgeous this time of year. Yeah. It's uh, it's the life of a traveling band. Man, nice. they they come into town, and I asked them like, so what do you guys think of Cleveland, or what you know what what towns do you like you go to? And they're like, dude, we we come into town, we go to the venue, we do soundcheck, we play, we go to a motel, we get up and we leave. That's that's pretty much it. That is not rock and roll. The, that's not like 80s crazy getting drunk and high rock and roll. I left all that part out. I mean, oh. they trashed the motel pretty hard. Okay, good. All right. Yeah, so, yeah, so yeah. We're, 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 rock is not dead. Yeah, but check them out. They're on uh, iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, all that stuff. Cerny, Cerny Brothers are Cerny awesome. Brothers, yeah, Cerny Brothers. Yep. Nice, good. Yeah, if, you, if you like like the Avet Brothers and that folk rock sound, they're awesome. Nice, good stuff. That's, yeah, and, man. And, uh, and uh, you went to high school with one of them? Is that how you know these guys? Yeah, I went to high school with all three of them, oh. um, but I didn't know the two brothers in high school. Um, they were uh, the group of them were a little bit younger than I was, and I didn't know them. But I, I've been friends with Quinn. Um, gosh, I don't know, probably at least for ten years, probably more than ten years. Nice. So, um, yeah, probably shoot, almost fifteen years. So yeah, we go way back. Um, great dude, great band. The guys are all really cool, and um, yeah, right. put out some good stuff, man. Cool, cool. Well, I Jim, I also saw some bands this weekend. I was going to ask you, how was that show? Oh, it was awesome. So so Duluth every year holds this huge marathon. It's called the Grandma's Marathon. And uh, it's huge. It's one of the top 20 marathons in the country. Um, and uh, they so it's this huge celebration all weekend. Well, the Friday night before the marathon, they always will bring in a bigger band. And now this last year they brought in like Smash Mouth. We didn't have a lot of – we didn't care to go to that one. So we didn't go to see Smash Mouth. Uh, doing his uh, doing his thing, uh, but this year was Everclear, mm-hmm. Fastball, and Vertical Horizon. It was Everclear's nice. tour, and it was twenty bucks, dude. It was twenty bucks to go listen to some like awesome nineties music, and I think even a friend of mine posted on Facebook. He's like, "Oh, I'm glad Tom got his DeLorean work and enjoy 1998." <laughs> <laughs> and you know what? I did. I did enjoy 1998, and I did. I enjoyed it again this weekend. It was awesome. It was totally awesome. I had a lot of fun. I believe I sent you some pictures. I started yeah. getting a little little uh, drunk, so I decided to stop sending you pictures. Um, but I, I have some cool pictures. I'm gonna. Po- I'll post them on our Facebook. Maybe I'll send them to you so you can post them on our Instagram or something or yeah, whatever. And uh, it was really cool. We were right up front. It was just really fun. It was just cool. I, I, I a couple times I turned around and I saw a lot of people our age. Then behind them, I saw some people that were not alive during that time i would think <laughs> or like maybe one or two years old because you had to be 21 to get in there so this is their this is their 20 year anniversary of this concert so uh but it, so it made me feel a little older you know but i still it was fun it, it, they all three of them sounded great fastball who was the opening and they only played like eight songs maybe they were all good it's like you know that time in a concert where when someone goes oh, we're gonna play one off our new album you're like oh shit yeah. let's go grab right. a beer um, they were good. Like I want to get Fastball's new album. It was really good. Like and no kidding, I didn't even know they had a new neither album. Neither did I until that night. So and Vertical Horizon had they sounded really good. Um, and then uh, Everclear crushed it, man. They crushed it, and I was just nice. waiting, you know, because I'm you know we're old now, and so I'm like, okay, I'm getting tired. I want to, you know, I'm starting to like want to go home, but I'm like, God, I haven't heard Santa Monica yet, and I'm thinking, oh, yeah. they're gonna encore with Santa Monica, of course, and they did, and it was awesome. And I think I took some video of it, so I'll make sure to share that. But, oh, it was, yeah, it was a lot of fun. A lot of fun, Jim. 
Uh, that's awesome. They were Everclear was one of my favorite bands in the nineties. Yeah, yeah, they're they're still good, and they had, uh, yeah, God, they, you know what? They all look good still. Like they all look like <laughs> they haven't aged that that much, and that really ticks me off. They're taking some it's, crazy drugs uh, or something. I don't know. Apparently, heroin is uh, the fountain of youth. Yeah, well, someone found it. Um, yeah. So, um, other thing too, Jim Father's Day was on on uh, Sunday. And yes. I know you got a gift, and I got a gift. Yeah. You want to tell people yeah. what your wife got you? <laughs> My wife got me uh, a T-shirt that says, You're Killing Me, Smalls, and then it comes with a matching onesie that says Smalls. That's freaking awesome, dude. Yeah, you, I know. I'm really excited. When you sent me the picture, I thought it was like <clears throat> a picture of like from a website and i'm like oh you gotta yeah. get that and you're like no she got it for me <laughs> yeah yeah <laughs> like this is on my couch i'm like oh it's awesome yeah oh, so cool so cool i'm excited we got remember we got you a little something too but we um my wife wants to get something else to go with it so that's why we have not sent it yet oh that's really nice uh, of you so yeah we uh we're waiting on that i was i was against it i said no we spent enough money on these people um, sure. but, uh, no, she wants to get, so, uh, you'll get, uh, you'll get a gift, uh, sooner or later before that kid no. comes anyway. So I'll tell Dana, I said, thank you. Uh, no, I'm not going to do that. Um, <laughs> so, but my father's day, Jim, my son had the idea. And it was according to my wife, his, his idea. He knew dad wanted a new girl. Mm-hmm. And so he, so apparently they're, they, they both have been saving up money. I didn't know about it. Cause I'm like, I'm not going to. Get a four hundred dollar grill. I'm like, we, you know, it's unpractical right now for us, but blah blah blah. I'll still use the old Weber. You know, the whole thing was falling apart, but it was still cooking. It was still cooking meat, so I was fine with it. And they got me this awesome grill, dude. It, it's, it's a huge grill, and half of it you can cook. It's a gas grill, and the other half is charcoal, uh-huh. so you can you get the both. Oh, it's oh, so cool. And then it's got a side burner on it, and oh man, I just can't wait. So last night or uh, Sunday night, I cooked one last meal on the Weber. <laughs> You know, gave it a proper <laughs> send off. She had a good run. She had a good one run. But now it's time for the new regime to take over. And I haven't been able to put I haven't had time off to put it together yet. So I'm off Thursday. So I'm gonna put it together and then we're gonna I'm gonna fire up the that grill on Thursday night and have some good meals on that thing. So Awesome. So cool. That's awesome. Yeah, Fletcher came in to the room, you know, in the morning <laughs> and he had a little bag and he gives it to me and it was just a sign and it's like one of those cool tin signs you hang up in like in a garage and it said uh old guy's rule uh grill master on it and i'm like oh cool you know i'm thinking that's cool and then then she, she goes no like we're we're gonna we're going to the store to get you the grill right now i'm like what no way <laughs> so i was so excited <laughs> and the whole week he was joking i was joking around with him i'm like oh fletch what'd you give me for your father's day and he's like i don't know sack of potatoes that's what this whole thing was <laughs> and i'm like oh okay cool cool so yeah, it was awesome. I'm I'm very lucky, man. And Jim, I hope your son treats you as nice as mine does, even though mine doesn't really want to treat me nice, but he does. So <laughs> it's good. So, um, real quick, Jim, did you hear? Yeah, we didn't talk about this. <laughs> uh, this thing that happened with Jerry Seinfeld. Did you hear about this? In, no, not in, at all. Ke- actually, him and Kesha. No, I know nothing about okay, it. Okay, it's all over YouTube and wherever, trending like crazy. And I think it happened a week, maybe almost. What's well, going on a week, I think, ago. And I love Jerry Seinfeld, one of my favorite people ever. You know, and uh and he was being interviewed, they're at like a film festival or something. He's being interviewed and um Kesha comes up and goes, Oh, can I have a hug? Can I have a hug? And he's like, No thanks. And she's like, Oh no, just a little one. No, no thanks. And he's and then he go then he goes to the guy, he's like, I don't even know who that was. Like he just totally shut her down <laughs> and he's and but <laughs> 
you know what? I'm I'm with him on this. Like, you, first of all, that's rude. He's talking with someone in an interview, and you come and bust it open. So that's rude to both parties. And then he, he, I love that he's like, I don't even, I don't, I don't know you. I don't know if you're just a crazy person with a knife. Like, just get out of here. And he, you could see him. He's like, waves his hand, and he was like, no thanks, no thanks. It was just so funny. And then when the guy said, oh, that was Kesha, he goes, oh, I wish her well. And then he just continued with. It. <laughs> You gotta check it out. It's a really fun. It just just type it in. It's all over the place. But I just I wanted to talk about it because when we talk about Seinfeld, you know, a, a, a bit on here, and I'm like, that's just awesome. He's just one guy who just doesn't give a shit, you know. And I like that. He just says how it well, is. Well, I mean, to be fair, why would he know who Kesha is? I mean, I wouldn't I recognize her. I honestly, I no joke, I wouldn't recognize. Yeah, I wouldn't recognize. I wouldn't either. Yeah, I wouldn't either. I'm sorry, I was taking a drink. Um. But yeah, uh, yeah. So I just wanted to mention that. And Jerry Seinfeld, you're my hero. Just wanted to say that. <laughs> uh, we have some comments this week. We, we're going to get to our top five eventually. Yeah, um, I was going to say, are we? Are we just going to talk? Yeah, no, we will. We will. No, we will. We will. Okay. Real okay. quick. We, okay. So our top five this week is uh, books from our childhood. You know, from grade school to high school. And uh, yes. we're going to talk about that. And then we're going to get to our interview right um, right after this with uh, Keith Hopkins of Hexagon Motion Pictures. And then we'll do our top five after that. But a couple comments this week um, from last week's show. Aiden, uh, great call on Ben Sisko. Thank you. That was my one of my picks for top TV dads. Uh, Matt also said good call on Ben Sisko. It was a great pick. And then he said you should do a top five movie scores because he liked our soundtracks episode. But he's thinking like um, I'm, I'm guessing like you know like Star Wars like that type of movie score. Yeah. And uh, that would be yeah I like that idea. That'd be cool. I had to think about it a little bit though. Yeah, think of which ones would actually be good without having to just say every Star Wars movie, <laughs> you know. Right. But uh, I like that. Um, uh, Leanne, uh, she's she's written this a few times. Another great episode. Great call on Philip Banks. I also never thought of him uh, when thinking of my TV dad's list. Keep up the great entertainment. And then Marshall says, "Hey, no love for Andy Taylor of the Andy Griffith Show." <laughs> and we mentioned I mentioned him in my honorable mentions. I think didn't I? Um, I don't know if you did. Oh, well, I'm sorry. Yeah, I like Andy Taylor. Uh, yeah. So anyway, um, but that's our that's our comments. I want to keep it short because we want I want to get to this interview, uh, with uh, Keith Hopkins. So let's uh let's get him on the line. What do you think? Let's do it. Okay, we're here with uh, Keith Hopkins of Hexagon Motion Pictures. Uh, love the name, by the way, Keith. Oh, thank you. It's great to be here. Guys. Yes, I, I love the name Keith, not Hexagon Motion oh, Pictures. Oh, yeah, no, yeah. It's, I, I hate that name, but, you know. Yeah, okay, great. Uh, <laughs> no, so uh, thank you for joining us today, and uh, and uh, we got some questions for you. We like right. We liked your I, – I was, I was honest with you when you walked in. I didn't watch the second one all the way through because I'm a horrible person. Well, I mean, if I hadn't made it, I wouldn't watch the whole Okay, good, good. So. Yeah. No, it was, they're <laughs> that's, good though. That's they're exactly good. how I feel about this show. <laughs> yeah, actually. Yeah. Thanks Jim. So, yeah. uh, yeah. <laughs> so yeah, thanks again for joining us. So you made you, you little background, Keith and I know each other. We worked uh, together on some uh, video projects in the yep. past, mostly, uh, people's weddings, yeah, you know, capturing are, those happy moments, <laughs> you know, those are a blast. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Those are always a blast. Good money though, Jim, you should get into that. Yeah, right. No, thank you. No, no okay, thank yeah, you. Good idea. Um, but yeah, so we, so I knew you for a little bit, but I didn't know you were making movies and stuff. And so yeah. th- I'm pretty excited about this to talk to you. And uh, so tell us a little bit about uh, what uh, you got, how you got started and what you want to 
What do you want to talk about your movies here? Yeah, sure. Well, um, you know, I went to college to be a communications major and immediately got into TV. But, you know, movies was always that was always the passion. I always wanted to make films. Um, and finally, I got to a point in TV production where I felt like I could I could kind of like manage a yeah. short film. And like I knew how to set up shots and, and who to get on board, you know, for lighting and how to talk to actors. And, uh, you know, I got to the point where I'm like, well, I'm like 32, 33. I feel like I can kind of do this. So uh wrote up some scripts and I've been shooting them for about a year and a half. So I've got four now under my belt and, nice. um, you know, either released online or have gone to film festivals. Um, and it's awesome. I'm just yeah. going to keep on going until I don't have the energy anymore. <laughs> and you uh, you just mentioned you're, you're at a couple of them are in uh, some film festivals just recently. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So um, I've got one called Undo that just premiered at the um, Duluth Superior Film Festival right here in Duluth. Yeah. And then uh, a week later, it was in the Ocean City Film Festival. Um, no nice. upcoming screenings yet, but hopefully, you know, there's more coming down. Nice, nice. Um, so you write them too? You wrote all the scripts? There? Yeah, yeah. So I, I've written all of them so far. Um, probably that's probably why you know they've not been too successful yet. <laughs> oh, <laughs> I should I should probably get someone else to write them for me. No. I don't know. I think they're pretty good. I mean, I know I can't write it, but I can hardly. I can barely read. <laughs> which, so, which is going to be hard for our topic today because we're going to be talking about books. Which yeah. They're all going to be picture books. Picture Tom, books. Yeah, yeah, I had a lot of pop-up books when I was a kid. Yeah, yeah. Jim's Jim's will be like I don't know. Like, oh, his will be at, novels. It'll be like Atlas yeah. Shrugged. Yeah. 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 With the light reads from fourth grade. Yeah, War right. and Peace and Great Expectations. Tom comes back with the Giving Tree. Yeah, a little peek behind the curtain. Uh, little peek behind the curtain, Keith. Jim's a damn liar. <laughs> okay, so like we, we we do this show and everyone's like, oh, Jim's such a nice guy. Tom, you're so mean. It's oh, totally yeah. untrue because in 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 real life, it's the opposite. I'm nice and he's an asshole. I don't. I mean the the bumper stickers would have me believing otherwise. We need to get those. We need to get those mass produced. We gotta get those out there. We gotta get those out there. Um, so making movies like this, at least for for guys like me and Tom who love movies and started out in video production, that's always like the dream to get to that point. What what do you think you've learned from the first movie you've made to the fourth movie you've made? What did you pick up along the way? Um, I think, you know, the first one I made was 12 minutes, which is a lot for a short. And I think what I've sure. learned is just get to the point. Um, so my <laughs> most recent one is two minutes long. You know, and I think two years ago, I, I could have really stretched that out. Um, you know, yeah. and I'd love to go back to my first one and cut it down. But I think, you know, just trim it down to its core aspects and just get right to it and get out quick, you know, yeah. um, like George right. Costanza, you know, right. it's like, yeah, leave on a high note. <laughs> exactly. Leave on a high note. Yep. What, uh, what kind of genre? I mean, you do a horror genre. Yeah. So I'm, yeah. you know, I'm not really into like hardcore, or like blood and guts or anything, right. but I really like ghost stories. So all yeah. the ones I've done so far are kind of stories about hauntings or ghosts or possessed objects and things like that. Awesome. Um, so I want to continue in that genre. You know, I, I want to do horror, but I don't necessarily want to do stuff that's uh, rated R or has a lot of violence or cursing or anything like that. So it's kind of a weird genre. I'm like, I make PG-13 horror. Yeah, yeah. well, it's I not ca it's, it's cool. It's not Casper the Friendly Ghost, but no, it's, it's no. pretty good stuff. I like it a lot. Um, Jim, Jim, you got to watch him a little bit too, didn't you? Yeah, and, and I love I love horror movies. So like this is right up my alley. Um, I can't wait for October. Through through the month of October is just horror movies for me, and then we'll do a top five horror movie list, and I can't wait for that. Oh, yeah. So I'm going to put you on the spot right now. And just ask you, what are your top five horror movies off the top of your head? Oh, man. Okay. Wow, I'm not prepared for this, but... Um, no, you know, know. You know the show is called Top Five, I know, right? okay, I know. I just want to make Tom, sure. Tom and Jim's <laughs> Top Five, not Keith's Top well, Five. Well, I know, but you're a nice... You're a guest in my home. <laughs> hey, real quick before you answer that question. Jim, he actually came yes. over to my house and did the show with me. You still have yet to come here. 
Just so I wanted to point that. So maybe it should be Tom and Keith's top five, and since I can just hang out with this guy in town. That that's a great idea, and I would be honored to be a sit-in guest at any time. Okay, great. Well, we'll we'll pencil you in, Keith. We'll write down Thank Jim's you. name. All right, cool. All right, go ahead. I'm sorry, Keith. What's right. your top five horror? So movies? this is just off the top of my head, but I think number five is going to be The Others, which is from the '90s, mm, starring yeah. Nicole Kidman. Great movie. That's a great movie. Great movie. Uh, and it's that was so like uh, I think it was overshadowed by like The Sixth Sense because it almost had sort of the same ish outcome yeah the same illusion but i think it didn't get as much uh publicity as the sixth sense did yeah yeah for sure i totally agree um i guess number four is the babadook uh which came Ooh. out what was that like 2014 it's pretty new um that movie's great uh, was that guillermo del toro did he do that no that was uh uh jennifer kent who i think i think okay. she's fairly new i think that might have been her like her second or third movie Wow. Um, and I haven't seen the others yet, but um, I thought Babadook was just unbelievable. Nice. Yeah. I'll have to throw that in the Google machine. I don't know that one. I th- yeah. And, you know, I saw it on Netflix. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, it might still be on there. Uh, oh, but I hope so. But it's definitely worth a watch. That's all I have is Netflix. So it's, it's that and local TV, and I don't <laughs> like local TV. Either one, I know oh, your real hey, job is hey, for local TV. I work for local TV. Yeah, well, so does Jim, and I don't like him either. No, I'm, <laughs> I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. No, okay, so what's your, what's your third one? Oh, man. Third, um, well, seven is got to be on the list. Oh, yeah. Uh, Ooh, wow. It's a great movie. Kevin Spacey just... Uh, kills it in that movie. Yeah, he Literally, kills two it. ways. Yeah, two ways. <laughs> yeah. But, yeah. Um, <laughs> all right, number two. Shoot. I know what my number one is, but... Uh, it's not easy, is it? No. We do this every week. Well, and you guys plan and go on Wikipedia and stuff. <laughs> well, no, we don't plan. We just go on Wikipedia. There's, like, <laughs> not really a lot of planning Control there. Control C, yeah. Control V. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, man. All right. I'm going to skip number two. Number one is definitely The Shining. Oh, the original Shining, yes. The greatest part of That's still a scary movie. It is. is. Yeah. Oh, it's so good. Okay, I'll go back to number two now. I'm going to say Alien. Oh, the first Alien? In my mind, that's a horror movie. It's sci-fi, but it's it's also horror. It's a a horror movie in space. It it is. Yeah, it's a haunted house in space kind of thing. Did you see the new one? No, I'm... No. I've heard bad things. I'm not interested <laughs> jim jim did you see the new alien movie i have not seen the new one and i'll i'll, I'll see it eventually I mean, it may be a red box rental when yeah. the wife's out of town or something like that but uh yeah. i didn't wait in line to see it no no yeah. i heard it didn't get good reviews i don't like to hear people's reviews like because i want to see it for myself but oh yeah even the previews i was like yeah i'm good I yeah know. <laughs> i'm like addicted to rotten tomatoes I, I know i shouldn't be on there but the second reviews start coming in i'm like oh what's the score they're, what's the score they're pretty accurate on rotten tomatoes though oh, versus yeah. like someone just giving their picks you know like <laughs> on you know like the old cisco and ebert right, you know, two right. thumbs up well how the hell do they know you know right <laughs> but uh okay well back to you what's uh, this show's about you here keith so okay so you got four movies on but what's the other the names of the other two so i've got boots um which is a, a ghost story based on a true story from um one of my old Boy Scouts, Boy Scout leaders from when I was a kid. Um, hmm. There's Stray, which is just a two-minute little thing about a girl who's deciding what to do with the ghosts that appeared in her house. Nice. Uh, Undo, which is about a possessed typewriter, and then yeah. Take Your Non-Vaporous Apparition to Workday, which is the most recent one. And that's just a quick little, the guy's trying to leave work, and, and the ghost is just yeah. like foiling him. Now, so, that one's fun. I like that one a lot. I uh, think that's that's the probably the best one I've done so yeah. far. Um, you know, I want my next one to be even better, so hopefully... Right. Hopefully they right. keep on getting better and instead of, you know, get crappy. Are you going to stick with the genre or are you going to go on to something else? No, well, I mean, eventually I'm sure I will. Right now I'm still um, into ghost stories um, and they keep on coming to me. So I'm just going to keep on riding it as long as I can. Nice. And, you know, when I've kind of exhausted that genre, maybe I'll do something else. I also love superhero movies. I'd love to do something. But, you know, 
that requires money. You can do ghost stories for $0 all day. Isn't it weird though? Movies now, it's like, there's no middle ground movie. It's either really cheaply made movie, not cheaply made, but you know, like for, for no money. Or there's like these huge blockbusters. There's no like good movies in the middle anymore. Yeah. You know, yeah. And if they're, if they are they're they're super indie, but you don't really see like a, a, you know, Warner brothers is not making like a $10, a $10 million movie anymore. You know, it's gotta be like the big summer blockbuster or even in the ones in the winter, all these, gosh, they're billions of dollars. These superhero ones. And sometimes they're not that good. Yeah. (laughs) A lot of them that come out, especially in the horror genre, because there's, there's a lot of very, very cheap, uh, uh, horror movies made and i love them i I love to watch uh as many like b-rated horror movies on amazon as i can find but a lot of them like uh, the blair witch and paranormal activity that made millions and millions of dollars on a low budget broke the mold and then there were so many copycats of those throughout the years yeah it's funny you know people will point back to those movies and those those are the exception to the rule you know like a paranormal right. activity like that's never going to happen again. You know, I'm sure yeah. s- someone else will have a different idea that will, you know, cause zero and, and make millions. But like, you're not going to no, just... not anyone, Keith, you are. <laughs> yeah, it's going to be you. No, we'll see. It's we'll see. A, uh, Hexagon motion picture presents right. the next greatest thing. Oh, I, I hope so. Yeah. I think my dog's possessed right now. Keith, what do you think? He's humping a pillow. <laughs> yeah. I, I was, <laughs> me and Tom Lucky are trying pillow. to carry out a normal conversation here. here. Yeah. The dog is going nuts on that. Yeah, pillow. He does this when guests are over. He humps pillows. He likes to establish dominance. <laughs> oh, okay. And, um, <laughs> I won't and, take uh, that pillow. Yeah. Doug is, he's care. He's actually heard a lot on the, on the podcast running around to uh, tap dancing or coughing. <laughs> so, uh, yeah. Okay. Doug, calm down. All right. Uh, so, okay. So we got four movies here. We're going to make some more. So where, who do you get in into your movies? Are these local actors in the yeah. Duluth Superior area or what? Well, I, aside from Undo, which that was my sister and my brother-in-law, both not, neither of which live in Minnesota but came up here to work on the movie. But otherwise, cast and crew, yeah, it's all Duluth people. And one of the cool things, you know, working for a TV station, mm-hmm. there's people who, you know, have the skills to work on a film right. um, and want to do sure. something creative, you know, yeah. and don't care if – they're not getting paid or if the right. thing's going to, you know, we just do them for fun. Right. You know, um, put them online, put them in film festivals. And, you know, there's other people at work who um, have directed things, you know, that like I've helped out on. So mm-hmm. it's kind of like a, you know, we help each other and it's super fun. And, uh, you know, we drink beer and eat pizza while we're making them and mm-hmm. just have a great time. I'm trying to figure out why I haven't been uh, asked yet. Well, you uh, know, <laughs> well, because well, I require will. money. <laughs> oh. Tom needs to get paid. Yeah, I need I would, to get paid. I'm already love. doing two free podcasts. I need to get some money here, Keith. I would love to have Tom and Jim as extras in a mm. film, or maybe even leads. Mm. Well, know. Jim, you you should come up here in August, and Keith will throw us okay. into something, and uh, we'll we'll figure it out from there. What would what would be your guys' ideal role? Oh, I'm definitely the guy who gets killed first. Oh, okay. I was thinking you guys could be henchmen. Like, oh, like I'm the dumb one, and Jim has to keep slapping me to get you know, focus. Oh, you know? yeah, we're like like of mice and men. We're like that. Oh yeah, yeah Lenny, I like it. Okay. See, Lenny this is why George. you're you're the writer, producer, and director. That's See, right. I have horrible ideas. Keith, you have great ideas. <laughs> and uh, well, putting us in a movie might not be your best idea, but yeah. uh, it oh. but he's finding the right role for us. You'll it, figure that. That out. could be what you know pushes me over the edge and gets me to Hollywood. Oh, that could yeah. be. Or could you just push you over the edge the other way, and you just throw a camera <laughs> at my head and just say I quit. <laughs> No. That's always I need somebody's coattails to ride here right. to success. I thought it was going to be Tom's, and that's crash landing. So Keith, <laughs> right, right. I'm riding. I'm riding your coattails on your next right. film, buddy. Sounds good. Nice, nice. Anything else, Keith? Like, where can people find uh, these movies? 
Um, so uh, I'm on YouTube, Hexagon Motion Pictures is my channel. I'm on Facebook under Hexagon Motion Pictures. I'm also on Twitter. Uh, I made it for some reason and have never used it until like a day ago. We don't any, we don't understand Twitter either. <laughs> I, we I have, have a Twitter account. I have no idea what's going on. Yeah, I, I've logged in a few times <laughs> and I just stare at it for a second mm-hmm. and then uh, like, I'm yeah. not doing this. Yeah. But uh, no, that's that's where people can find me if you want to check out my films. Um, nice. And this has been super fun. I told my wife I was coming to be in your podcast and yeah. she's like, oh, what are they about? I'm like, oh, there's just these two super funny guys. And she's like, why'd they invite you? You're not funny. Well, <laughs> Well, let me tell you, you've already added a that's better lad. quality to this show than we've ever done. Yeah, well, so, that's true. Yeah, so, and your wife doesn't listen, so tell her. No, that's three for three then. Our wives don't listen either. So. She's anti-podcast. I don't understand why. She doesn't like them. That's all right. It's not for everybody. I know. You know, yeah. it's for smart people. Um, no, I'm kidding. I love, I met your wife. She's a beautiful, hey, and you, she's uh, pregnant, and she, yeah, uh, yeah. you guys are having a baby. We've got a little girl oh, coming congratulations. in. Oh, thanks. And, you know, you guys are talking about how uh, you're expecting, well, your wife's expecting a baby too, Jim, right? Yes. Yep. October. Congrats. Oct- oh, October. Thank you. Jim, what? October 21st, right? Uh, 23rd, I think. 23rd. How about Ooh, you? October 8th. Oh, okay. Yep, All right. Nice. Maybe you guys will meet in the middle somewhere. Yeah. <laughs> Probably. <laughs> All right. Awesome. Well, Keith, thanks again for joining us and keep us surprised about any new movies and stuff. And people go out there, check his YouTube channel. Uh, they're, they're really fun. I've, the two I've seen are fun. I like them a lot. Uh, I will. I threw out my typewriter after I saw Undo because I don't want that in my house. And so, uh, yeah. So thanks again, Keith. And Jim, you got anything else? No, thanks for joining us. This was awesome. Yeah, we appreciate it. Thanks a lot, guys. It's an honor. You guys are great. All right, thanks. Flawless victory. Oh, that was that was fun uh, talking to Keith. Uh, I, I just want to be in his next movie, I think. Seriously. Yeah, that's awesome, man. He's doing some cool stuff. Yeah, he's really cool. Make sure to check him out on you, his YouTube channel. He's on Facebook, and he's on Twitter, and he doesn't know how to use it just like us, so uh, reach mm-hmm. him on Facebook or, or through YouTube. But uh, thanks again to him. But, Jim, we have a top five to do, and we, we need do. to get to it now. We're about 30 minutes in here. Oh, my God. Okay. <laughs> no, it's okay. This will be quick because I didn't know. I don't know how to read. So this is perfect. <laughs> so, we're, Jim, you brought up this topic. We're going to do our top five uh, books. And um, I'm uh, from childhood, not ones you read currently. Or maybe you read childhood books now. I don't know. <clears throat> yeah, like uh, like required school reading or scholastic book orders or something like that. Right. Well, so let's, let's just get into it. Jim, you want to start or should I? Um, Let me pull up my list here. I can go ahead and start. All right, go for it. What's your number okay. five? My number five is a book from 1987 written by a guy named Gary Paulson. And I didn't realize that this was actually a series. I think you there were five books in the series. You son of a bitch. <laughs> Are we are this we doing is this? Much higher on mine. <laughs> Hatchet? Yeah, Hatchet's my Dude, number Hatchet three. Hatchet was an awesome book. Okay, okay. Yeah, well, I love great. Hatchet. I didn't. Hatchet was awesome, man. Yeah. It was a required book when I was in like probably fifth or sixth grade, and it was such a cool book. Oh, so awesome. Um, I didn't know that he wrote more in this series about um, about the the character Brian. I didn't well, yeah. know. Yeah, he wrote uh, the sequels, The River, and I knew that one, and I read that one. I didn't know he made two more in this series with Brian, Brian Saga, you know, and uh, it's so cool. But go ahead, Jim, you keep going. I mean, uh, just the the quick synopsis, he was a 13-year-old kid traveling to see his dad from New York to Canada, uh, the pilot in this little Cessna, which, word of warning, just don't ever get into a Cessna. Never. Nothing ever good happens nope. in a Cessna. Um, the, the pilot had a heart attack and dies, and it crashes into like a lake, and the only thing he had, his mom had given him a hatchet before he left. So this 13-year-old kid, which I couldn't do at 34, no. survives on his own in the woods with a hatchet. 
until um, eventually there was like a, I think a tornado came and like moved the plane and he could get inside and get a survival pack and then uh, turns on this like distress beacon and saves him. But I mean, what they, these kid goes through for survival. Um, and I loved books that kind of had that theme. Also, there was another one I'll mention on my honorable mentions. It's kind of like that too, but it was just such a cool book um, when you're about that kid's age, reading what he's going through and, and surviving. Why did you like it? I, I, for the same reasons, I thought it was so cool. When you're 13, well, I was a little, I think we were, when I had to read like fourth, fifth grade, like you said, you know, so you're like nine, 10, 11 years old, but you just, yeah. to think of a 13 year old going through that stuff and you, you think it's like really cool, you know, now yeah. thinking of it scares the shit out of me. <laughs> like oh, yeah. I would never be able to survive. And of course, you know, this is a book no. you know, or whatever, but it's so cool. The way he, you know, he has to find food. He has to stay, you know. <clears throat> he has to keep from dying from like bears and other things, you know, weather. And it's just such a really cool, really cool story. And I, I forget how long he's in the, in the forest. I want to say like 49 days or something. I forget how long he's in there, but you know, it's so such a, such a cool story. And it, it was at the time when we had to read it, it was mind blowing to me. Cause I never have read anything like it or watched anything like it, you know? Yeah. So it's like, yeah. this is crazy. Cause every kid's show was a kid's show or a kid's book or a kid's movie. It had kids. Yeah. Stuff. It wasn't about this kid surviving for his life. It was very real. You know, it was just really right. cool. Right. Yeah. And I've, I've watched, uh, have you watched naked and afraid Tom? Yeah. I, uh, yeah, we watched, I think the first season I think we did. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's about all I watched. And these people are surviving who know how to survive yeah. in the, the wherever they drop them for 21 days and they all almost die of some disease that nobody knew existed. Mm-hmm. Uh, now I know this is a book obviously, but to read about this 13 year old kid surviving in the woods with a hatchet for, you know, what, 40 some days. Yeah. It's just an awesome, it's a really cool book when you're that age. I think if you read it now, I don't know, maybe it still holds its weight. I don't know, but, yeah. uh, it's cool. It's cool. Good book. Yeah. It's awesome. Um, like, like we said, it's part of a, uh, a series of books from Gary Paulson. Uh, and it's Brian saga is the four books, but uh, the river, which I did read came out in 1991. So about four years after, um, the first book and it was really cool and it's this one the government hires brian <laughs> to go back to the woods and f- so they can study how he survives so they can figure it out because his oh. story is so incredible which i thought was really cool like a really cool way to do like a second season you know like i think that was i thought it was cool um like if you, you do it in tv terms like that'd be a way, really cool thing and then the third and fourth one um i never read and i didn't i don't even really know what they're about um i think one is like is not a direct sequel. I think it's like a different story or whatever, but um, they did make it into a movie, um, Hatchet, called A Cry in the Wild, um, which I never saw, I don't think. Did you ever see that? No. It uh-uh. came out in 1990. I don't know if it ever was like a big movie, but it was an adaptation of the title. So, um, huh. yeah, I love that. Good pick, Jim. Yeah, this is my number three. So Nice, yeah. nice. Good. Anything else on Hatchet? I love Gary Paulson, no. by the way. So I'm going to look up the rest of his stuff I'll try to read the rest of that series. Yeah, no, um, I, I need to read the third and fourth book, but yeah, definitely. The, I recommend the second one. It's really good. So Awesome. Um, so my number five, Jim, and I went with a series of books, and I went with Choose Your Own Adventure books. Oh, nice. Loved these things, dude. This is another one that just blew my mind. Like, wait a minute. You can read these books and... You you skip around and you pick where you where you go and how it ends. This is this is unheard of, you know. It was, is it a lady or a tiger? I, yeah, I don't know. 
I love it. Um, so those were awesome. They um, so these were, you know, they're considered game books, but they were written from the second person point of view, which is not, which is rare, you know. And the second person, of course, is the reader. You're reading it, and so you are really thrown into the plot of the of the stories, and then you get to pick the outcome. You get to like you read a couple pages in, and then you get to a task that the the person has to do. And it's like, do you do you want to you know fight the you know, fight the, the band of monkeys, go to page 17. If you want to run and hide and scream, go to page 22. Like, it was just like one of those things. And you just get, literally get to choose your own adventure. And there's yeah. so much fun. And of course I cheated. Everyone did. Because <laughs> you get like two or three options on each page, like I said. And it's like, go to page 17 and you kind of look and you're like, oh, no, I'm not going to go there. And then you go, <laughs> you know, but they're so funny. And they're originally, originally created for the 7 to 14-year-old market, which is cool because... Um, so I read these like all through grade school. I always and I never owned any of them. I actually would just get them from our school library because they had them all, and I would just get different ones all the time. And uh, did you read these books, Jim? Yes, yes, I did. Yeah, they they originally came out, I believe. Uh, oh god, probably in the late seventies, you know. But they they made a bunch all the way. I don't know if actually I don't know if they still make them. I really don't. But there's a ton of them. Uh, some of my favorite titles here: uh, The Cave of Time, which I believe is the first one i believe it's the f- series uh, first one but the abominable snowman was one of my favorites uh journey under the sea um and then i like the space ones because i'm a nerd uh space <laughs> and beyond was a really awesome one and then uh you're um uh oh, shoot i forgot where the other one was um Oh, and then this one is a is a Western one called Deadwood City. So those are a couple of ones I remember. Like looking this up, I'm like, oh, I remember those, and they're so much fun to read. And uh, I can see the cover of that one, that Deadwood City. I can see the cover of it now. Yeah, yeah, and um, you know the original ones had up to 44 different outcomes. That that, wow. that so you can reread the book 44 times and it'd be different. I mean that's pretty cool. I mean, and I think ones later had like eight different outcomes. You know, but um. Oh, you uh, inside UFO fifty four forty. That was the other space one that I absolutely loved, and uh, they're just so much fun. I, I don't know what else to say about them really. That it was just a fun read. It was different. The only thing that sucked in school when you had to do a book report, your teachers would never let you do a choose your own adventure one <laughs> because I probably. Yeah. I mean, I get it now, but it's like, oh come on, no, no, Tom, you got to read a real book, and so um, <laughs> uh, yeah, these I just I absolutely love these things. Yeah, anything on those, Jim? You remember reading those? No, I did. I did uh, read them, but it made me remember that I used to read these books, uh, kind of along the same lines. They were Carmen Sandiego books. Oh yeah. And it, you remember those? They came with like a stack of cards. Yep. And you would you would go through the the caper, and you would like narrow down who the the crime guy was. Like they were named like Justin Case and all those right. Carmen San Diego names. Right. And then it would take you down different paths who you decided to investigate and which, where you decided to go investigate and stuff. So it was like a choose your own adventure, but with Carmen San Diego. Nice. Nice. I little known fact. I had the Carmen San Diego Sega Genesis game. Yep. Awesome. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I remember playing when I was in uh, middle school, we had those giant, um, computers with the big floppy disks you know yeah and they would let us play like oregon trail yeah. and we had a carmen san diego game and it's because of that game that i know what spelunking is well there you go there you go it's yeah. actually a mexican dish um yeah, okay delicious cilantro yes yeah, yeah, so, lovely mm, lovely all right jim what's your number four four uh my number four 
is it is a 1975 book uh-huh. by Natalie Babbitt. Okay. Do you know what it is yet? No, no, no. no it was made into a movie that I didn't see. It's called Tuck Everlasting. I'd never, never read it. Oh, okay. Well, this was another one that was required, probably in the same class where I read Hatchet. Um, and I loved it. It was a, a story about this 11-year-old girl named Winnie Foster in this tiny little town called Tree Gap. And one day she's out in the woods behind her house and she meets this boy, this 17-year-old boy named uh, Jesse Tuck. And he's drinking from this spring. And then she meets his family, uh, Miles, May, and Angus. And uh, they, they start to tell her that uh, spring is like the fountain of youth. And that they're all immortal. But they don't want her to drink from it because it's almost more of a punishment than it is a, a fun thing to be immortal. Because they see all their loved ones die and all this stuff. So, um, But they're also being followed by this guy in a yellow suit. Uh, he does not have a monkey. He's just a random guy in a yellow suit. No, no yellow hat. But it turns hat. out, <laughs> no yellow hat. Right. Um, uh, the brother, Angus, um, his... Uh, why he he got divorced from his wife and his kids went with her and this ended up being the guy who remarried his ex-wife and heard their story and has been trying to track him down and he wants to sell this elixir and profit off of it um, so he's following him and blah 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 anyway um, so I don't want to ruin this for anybody but the mother May ends up killing him and being sent to the gallows to die. And they do a little switcheroo, and Winnie takes her place, and they can all escape. She doesn't die. They figure it out, and they don't kill her, but the whole Tux escape. And uh, they they leave some of the water with her so that when she's 17, she can become immortal, and then her and Jesse can be together. But she decides not to do it, and they come back years later to check on her, and she had already died, and she grew old and, and lived her life and died, and they were still the same age. Wow. Yeah, it's an awesome book, man. It's Jim, it's you, really good. If you were in, back when I was in school, if you were the one explaining to me, this is why you should read a book, I would have read more books. <laughs> I like listening to you <laughs> explain this. This is great. It sounds like a really fun book. Of your human cliff notes. Well, <laughs> everyone yeah. has to have a nickname. So. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it was cool, man. Just the the idea of like uh, immortality and um, – the the flip side of that coin is like the not the positive side you know you get to see everybody around you die and the the sadness involved with that yeah um but it was cool man it's it's a cool story i never saw the movie um but it was one of my favorite books when i read it cool good job good pick jim that's a good pick (laughs) uh my number four uh this was uh this was required i had to read this in, in elementary school and uh, I think this might have been one where we had to read in class. Everyone takes a paragraph type thing. Okay. Uh, yeah. You know, what I'm, you know what I'm talking about, right? I, I do. I uh, hated when my time came around to read that paragraph. Yeah, too. I couldn't read. And I didn't remember. Because I have I like said. a, a – I'd have a ruler on my on the page so I could follow the line. Right. Yep, yep. Oh, little Jimmy Doubt with your pudgy little fingers <laughs> following the line. My little sausage fingers. Uh, covered in Oreos pages. and milk. Um, <laughs> go back to our uh, after school snacks episode for that one. <laughs> Uh, dynamite <laughs> drop in. Okay, uh, so mine was uh, be- written by Beverly Beverly Clearly in 1965, and this is also a series of books. But this, the one I'm going to talk about, is the first one, and it was the Mouse and the Motorcycle. 
Oh yeah. Do you remember? Do you remember this? This. Damn uh, it! Now I'm starting to remember books I totally forgot about on my list. Oh uh, no! I'm okay. I'm really mad, mad now. Are you mad now? Okay. Yes. Well, this. I'm really mad now. <laughs> well, this uh, follows Ralph, who's a mouse, and they live in this old rundown mountain inn in the Sierra Nevada mountains of California. And it's you know it's an old resort, and then uh, Ralph uh, longs for a life of danger and speed, wishing he can get away with from his relatives. They all live in their little mouse hole. Who doesn't? I Who know. doesn't? Who doesn't? I know. Uh, one day, a, a, a family comes uh, to stay there to visit the hotel, and this little kid Keith, uh, which same name as our interview, uh, Keith, uh, um, uh, leaves his toy motorcycle after the family leaves, and Ralph finds it. Um, and of course, it's a little toy motorcycle, but to a mouse, it's a it's life size, you know. And so, and he starts, he learns to ride it, and he starts zipping around the whole hotel, and he has these little adventures through the whole hotel, and it's just it's so cool. And then, uh, and you know, is is of course Ralph's family's upset, like no, you you, know, you shouldn't be riding, you shouldn't be doing that. Uh, the, you know, your life is here because he wants to, of course, go on many more adventures. And then, of course, Keith and his family come back, and they, you know. Um, He's going to get the motorcycle back because he left it there and it's his favorite toy. But then he befriends Ralph and sees that he, he, you know, that he likes, you know, that he loves it. And so he leaves it for him. And, uh, you know, not to spoil the ending, but he gets the motorcycle in the end. Uh, and uh, <laughs> um, it's so awesome. It's just uh, there's a scene in there with the, oh, the maid is vacuuming and Ralph has a close call with the vacuum. I'll just say that. You know, it's a very <laughs> scary moment and it's very nerve wracking when you're a little, you know, seven-year-old eight-year-old reading this you know but uh yeah it's absolutely fun it's part of a series um like i said this one came out in 67 and in 1970 it was runaway ralph and then 1982 was uh ralph s mouse and i think one of those he gets a convertible like a little car that he drives around i can't remember which one it was but um there was also a movie made about this uh in 1986 called the mouse and the motorcycle and then um and uh I don't think I think it was just right to video, like one of those. It wasn't in the movie theater or anything. Not it's not to be. This is not to be confused with with uh, Stuart Little, which is I guess somewhat can be somewhat similar, but no. Yeah, yeah. This is very different. I I love this thing, and I remember the, the I remember the the artwork. You know, had this little mouse and this really cool red motorcycle, and he's zipping around the hotel, and it just it was so cool just to see a perspective from a little mouse. And uh, you know, I just I just loved it. I I absolutely loved it. And I read all three books, and um, yeah, that, that's all I got on that one. <laughs> I think it's funny you say that because I think I always um, mix that up with Stuart Little. Oh, you, you did? Oh, okay. Yeah. Well, yeah. it's not. It's uh. It's <laughs> Thanks for clearing that up. Oh, uh, it's awesome. It's awesome. I I I hope. Uh, I don't know if they still make kids read it or whatever, but I I I'm gonna get this one for my son when he gets a little older to the reading the children's book stage, you know, kind of thing. And I think it's yeah. just a fun one. So that's mine. That's my number four, Jim. Nice. Nice job, sir. All right. Very nice job. Thank you. Um, What's your I, number three? My number three, I just called a last minute audible on oh, this one. Whoa. All right. Um, Bring it in a relief. Picture. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> three, 32 belly option on one. Uh-huh. I, I had a different book in here. Okay. And when I thought of when we first brought up this list, I was like, "Oh man, it's got, I got to have this book on there." And then I totally forgot about it while I was making my list. And uh, my number three is Indian in the Cupboard. Nice. See, I, I left. Did this, you ever read this? Yes, and I, I and I saw the movie. I left it off my list. This is an honorable mention of mine. But uh, you okay. go, you go ahead. This is a great. This is one I had to read in school as well. So. 
Yeah, me too. And this is probably a little bit earlier on, um, maybe third or fourth grade than when I actually read this book. But it's a uh, it's a kind of children's fantasy novel. If anybody hasn't read it, by a woman named Lynn Reed Banks in 1980, and um, it's about. Uh, a young boy named Omni, he turns nine and his best friend gives him a little plastic Indian figure. And then later in the day, his brother gives him uh, a cabinet or probably a cupboard. If oh, you will, I would think it's it wasn't, it wasn't yeah. Indian. It wasn't Indian in the cabinet. It'd be a totally different book. So. It was the Italian in the cabinet, Indian in the cupboard. All right, now let's move on. So, uh, when you, when you see, he realized when you put the Indian in the cupboard and turn the key, he becomes real. So he has a little three-inch Iroquois man running around, uh-huh. which sounds really odd now that I say it out loud. Yeah, um, they can't make this now. <laughs> I, no, no. I loved the the fantasy aspect of it. And then later on, he puts like a cowboy in it. And then the, the Indian uh, little bear shoots the cowboy with an arrow, and they're in a fight. And then he puts like a World War II medic in there, and the medic saves the cowboy's life. So it's like this whole fantasy world of little toys, action figures coming to life and wars of uh, people that should never have been alive at the same time. It's like it's pretty cool. I mean, I always I just love that aspect of like my my superhero action figures coming to life. Yeah, it was it's almost like a, um, it's like a smaller version of the what's what's the movies that came out with Ben Stiller, the Night at the Museum. Yeah, you know, totally. And it's, yeah. But it's just in this little cupboard, and it's got this whole life in there. When yeah, it's just this magic cupboard, and it turns into life. It's so so cool. And the movie they did a great job with the movie. I thought um, I saw it when I was a kid, and um, so yeah, so cool, so cool. I'll have to. I didn't know that they they made that into a movie. I have to watch. Yeah, it was that. early uh-huh. nine. I remember being a kid seeing it, and so it was uh, it was early nineties, I think. But uh, you check that out. You check that one out, there, Jimbo. I will. Well, this was uh, followed by four sequels, and I know I read all of them at some point. Uh, the Return of the Indian, The Secret of the Indian, The Mystery of the Cupboard, and The Key to the Indian. See, th- I probably didn't read the last. I don't remember the last one. But, I See, uh, this is one I didn't know that there were sequels to this. Oh. I didn't. I just read the one, and I, th- I just moved, you know, moved on from there. <laughs> so, um, well, good. Yeah, well, you know, at the end of this one, uh, he... He puts um, a bride for Little Bear in the cupboard. So I think I think later ah. on it's like their family, yes. and the story continues. Yes, yes. Another another book degrading women. Um, mm-hmm. What? Yeah. <laughs> good stuff. Good pick. Yeah, this is one of my honorable mentions. It was a good book. I just I felt my other five were 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 stronger on this one. So. And that's fair. It's, that's that's the point of the show, sir. Yeah. All right. Well, what's my number three was Hatchet. So, you know, I, oh, okay. uh, yeah, again, I just going back that I, I love that book. I love the second one. I, I should, I do need to read the other, the other two. So I will, but all right, Jim, well, let's, what's your number two? Whew, again. Okay. Here we go. Yeah. My number two, a, this was a high a school read. No, I'm good. I'm, I'm ready to go. All right. Um, I was drinking Gatorade all day for this one. Mm-hmm. Pumped. The, my number two is uh, a high school required read. And it's a book by a guy named Pat Conroy who just passed away fairly recently. Um, he wrote uh, Prince of Tides. Um, he wrote one called South Abroad. And this one is called Lords of Discipline. And it's one of my favorite books of all time, let alone one that I had to read when I was in school. It's, um, it's such a cool book. It was written in 1980, and it's about uh, the main character's name is Will McLean. Anything Pat Conroy writes about is loosely based on his own life. So um, 
this is this is a guy named Will McLean. He's going to um, in real life. What's the Citadel like? The Marine School. Um, it's set in Charleston, South Carolina. And it's, this book has always made me want to go to Charleston. The way he depicts the town, it just sounds so awesome and aristocratic. But uh, it's such a cool book. So he's going to this military school. It's got Tom. It's got secret societies like the Skulls. It's nice. got uh, hazing, which I'm a huge fan of. It's got um, <laughs> it's true. like a huge. It's it is. You know, it's um, you should have seen me at band camp. It's this uh, coming of age tale about this really respectable, quiet um, guy coming up through. Uh, a system that he doesn't believe in. He's he's in the military as a promise to his father, but he hates everything that they make him do and all the the order and stuff like that. So he he's not a rebel, but he doesn't like what he's doing. But uh, then there's the secret society within. Um, it's, it's really they don't call it the Citadel, but it's it's in real life it was the Citadel. And then there's uh, his friends, he has, he meets these best friends in the dorm that kind of hate everybody else along with him. Um, the guys who are like lifelong military and following in footsteps. And then there's like, a the guy, he's a Colonel, they call him bear and he's based off a real Colonel, uh, or a commander, um, from the Citadel. So it's, it follows what Pat Conroy went through as a, as a youth, but obviously spins out from that. And it's got love and relationships and friendship and, like I said, hazing and secret societies. And it's just such an awesome book. I, I highly recommend it. All right. I read it like, I try to read it like once a year. What's the name of it again? The Lords of Discipline. All right, Lords of Okay. I don't, I didn't hear you say it at the top. So I was waiting. I'm like, did he say the title? <laughs> I did. I did. Okay. Well, I wasn't I listening I totally. You know? Maybe I just thought it. No, I, that sounds awesome. You had to read that in high school. I never even heard of this book. Yeah, nobody has heard of this book. And uh, I mean, Pat Conroy is a decently famous author. Sure, yeah. Um, but not yeah, not a lot of people, I guess, really read much of his stuff, especially our age. But uh, yeah, I mean, I think I think he's great, and the uh, the book was great. I haven't really read too much else by him, mm-hmm. but um, I, yeah, like I said, whenever we go to the beach or anything, this is the book I grab to read. All right, good stuff, good stuff, Jim. Yeah. Well, my number two. Now, this book probably should be like. It is like some people's favorite books. It's one of the, you know, it's on many lists of the best book ever written and, and best, uh, you know, stuff like that. No, it's not the Bible. Um, and so mine came out in 1960. Mm-hmm. And I had to read this in middle school. So, you know, seventh, eighth grade uh, by Harper Lee. Sure, 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 sure. And it's To Kill a Mockingbird. Love To Kill a Mockingbird. <gasps> Loved it. And I love the book i loved the movie i love the main attic atticus finch best one of the greatest heroes in any book i think yes absolutely any 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 book movie show you know just any story is one of the best characters ever uh i love this book i remember having to because you had to read it we had to like read it and i remember being like you know because i don't personally i didn't at the time i didn't think i liked to read you know so i'm like i don't want to read this book and i remember my parents even saying like you're gonna like this book. Like everyone likes this book. I'm like, and then of course, yeah. then I right away I'm like, no, I'm not gonna like it. You know, <laughs> screw you. Don't tell me what to do. Don't don't tell me what I like yeah, and what I don't like. Right. Don't tell me what I can't do. Um. So, uh, <laughs> no, freaking awesome book, and it is. It is praised as one of the best books ever. Um. Yeah. You know, it takes place in the 30s, I believe. Right. It's still in the Depression era at that point. Yep. 
and it's told through the eyes of the of the of um, Atticus Finch is one of the best heroes, but it's told through the eyes of his daughter, um, Scout. You know, yep. and uh, and and um, her kind of watching her dad defend this man who's accused this black man who's accused of um, uh, sexually assaulting a white woman in this town, and then it goes through this this trial and everything, and and, and um, you know, I'm sure a lot of people read it, but I don't want to ruin it for everybody. But it doesn't end the way you think you want the trial to end, you know. But you just get kind of this really cool uh, perspective from Scout, and and then uh, you and along the way you learn about this this neighbor they have, Boo Rad- Boo Radley, <laughs> and it's just such a cool story. It's just a it's just so cool how it unfolds, how it ends, and um and Atticus being like the way he talks to scout and he's just the greatest father. Like he should have, he's one of the best dads ever. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. Yeah. And, and I mean, lawyers today still like refer to like this, they try to refer to like, this is how you should be a lawyer. <laughs> this guy, Yeah. you know, it's just amazing. I mean, there's, there's tons of stuff on it. It's pan, you know, some people don't allow it in their schools for, for negative connotations about the South. Some, you know, certain words and stuff that are used in the <laughs> book, but what, I mean, it's pretty accurate as the. I know, I know. I'm just saying, it gets. It's one of those like Huck Finn. It gets because of language, mostly because of language, because of the language. You know. Um, Anyway, so it's one of those, one of those. You know, but usually when it's it's, a good book is usually ones that get banned. (laughs) You know. Yeah. So um, it's just. I mean, I I got so much here down here, but I mean, a lot of people know this. I rewatched the movie actually the other day because it is on Netflix, and uh, the movie came out in 1962. And it's pretty accurate to the book. Um, so it was uh, Gregory Peck plays Atticus Finch, and it's so good. It is such a good – it's just such a good read, such a good watch. Um, uh, yeah, I recommend – if you haven't read it, I think almost everyone had to read this in school at some point. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, but if you haven't, go back and, and read it or go read it for the first time. It is absolutely awesome. And uh, the the author, Harper Lee, actually um, – she wanted – you know, she – She's a Pulitzer Prize winning author. I'm not sure if she won it for this one or not. Actually, anyway. she had this. Is the only thing she wrote. This is the only. Yeah. Well, uh, yeah. The only other thing she wrote was a like a a first edition or first uh, rendition of this book that came out. Yeah. Like it later, but it was the same type of story or whatever. But. Um, uh, yeah, and I'm glad you called it that because that's exactly what it is. It was Ghost at a Watchman. Yeah, Ghost at a Watchman. Yeah, yeah, and uh, yeah, and and that's. Yeah, and a lot of people were calling it like the sequel to To Kill a Mockingbird, it's not. but it was it's not. It wasn't. It was like the first draft of To Kill a Mockingbird and uh yeah, first it was draft, cashed yeah. in by was it her lawyer, I think? Um somebody well, it was published in twenty fifteen, in which was a few years after she died. Um and uh although she refused any let's see, I'm trying to read it. I don't see who wrote, who published it, but um yeah, it was published in twenty fifteen and that was after she passed away. So, yeah. Um uh, she uh, she actually refused any personal publicity for herself or the novel since 1964. So the book came out in 1960, was a huge hit. The movie came out, and I believe I, I believe Gregory Peck won an award for that. I'm not totally sure, but mm. the movie itself won some awards. But then after that, from 1964 on, she like refused any like she didn't want to take extra money. She didn't want the publicity. Like she was just kept herself. She wanted to tell the story, and she told it, and that was it. So I wow. think that's just awesome. Um, yeah, it's such a it, it did win an Oscar. I think I might have been one for best picture or something. I don't know if he if he won for best uh actor or anything, but mm. it's just so cool. It's just such a great book. Um 
I don't. I mean, I don't know. I could just go on and on about it. I could, I don't know what else to say about it, that. People already are. You know, people are home listening. Like, I'm sure they liked it too. I don't. I don't know if I've met anyone who doesn't like this book. You know? No, it is one of the greatest novels ever written. And, and maybe. Yeah. I mean, you can put like The Great Gatsby in that list too, but it's like, it's one of the most. It's like perfect. It's a great book. Yeah, it's awesome, and yeah, it does depict Southern culture in the 30s, but it. I think it's pretty accurate, not for being from the 30s and not being from Alabama, but <laughs> from learning through history and things, I think it's a pretty accurate depiction of a small town in Alabama and how they would treat a black man and a white woman in the situation. And it, I think it opened a lot of people's eyes. And it's nice, it's good for a kid to read it because at that time in Duluth, Minnesota, I didn't have a lot of uh, culture on what the South was like in the 30s or what sure. history, what real some real history was. And I know this was a... A fictional novel, you know, but it was based on an experience that Harper Lee experienced herself back in the 30s when she was 10. Hmm. You know, so, but it's just so cool. It just opens your eyes, even at a young age, to like social injustice and stuff like that. And it really makes you at that age start asking a lot of questions and really opening your eyes to stuff. And I think, I just think it's awesome. I didn't put this as my number one um, just because I like this other book better you know, as being in, in, when I was a kid, but this is still one of the best books ever written. So yeah, I totally agree. Well done, sir. Thank you. Thank you so much. All right. <laughs> <laughs> well, Jim, before we get to our number ones, yes, sir. Let's yes. go through some of, uh, some of those, uh, pesky honorable mentions that were hard to leave Oof. off our list. Oh man. I had, I had a lot of those. Um, Island of the blue dolphins. Okay. Yeah. I've heard uh, of it. Never where- read it. Okay, that's also a survival one about a, a girl on an island mm-hmm. living with her brother. Her brother dies at one point. Uh, where the Red Fern Grows. Oh, yes. I got that one on my list, uh, yeah. White Fang, Ooh. Tuesdays with Maury. Oh. Um, <laughs> you remember my, my teacher is an alien? Do you remember yeah, those series? Yeah, yeah, those are good. I love those. I love Great Expectations. That's still one of my favorite novels, novels of all time. Fudge. Oh, that um, was so close to being – that was on my list all week. And it bumped down, and I was going to put uh, Fudge and Super Fudge. Anything by Judy Bloom, I loved when I was a kid. Yes. Yeah, was yeah. it Tales of a Fourth Grade Nothing? So I think that was the first, the first one. one, and that's where we met yeah. Fudge for the first time. Yes. Which is the little brother. And then he, his character is so great that they made uh, three more books about Fudge. <laughs> you know? So, anyway. I mean, those are classic. Those, those are, are those yeah. are amazing. Those are great. Um, and then, for me, it, like the Scholastic Book Orders, I didn't have it on my list because it's not really a real book. <laughs> But I always ordered all of the Calvin and Hobbes comic collections. Oh, nice! So I have like all of all of those, uh, like Revenge of the Baby Sad and Yukon Ho, and all those like Calvin and Hobbes collection books. Yeah, um, nice. from that time. So. And please don't call me a hoe. Um, so mine, I had. Uh, sorry. Hello. Yeah. Okay. No, I'm here. <laughs> I'm sorry. Uh, so I had uh, some honorable mentions too. I'm not going to mention a couple of them because I'm not sure if one of these is your number one. So, um, but I had the Hardy Boys on here. I love the Hardy Boys oh, books. Oh yeah. Um, I just talked about Super Fudge or Super Fudge or anything by Judy Bloom. A uh, Charlotte's Web. <laughs> I was like, that was a great oh, story. Oh yeah, yeah. Um, How to Eat Fried Worms. Loved. That oh, book. that's a great one. This was a, that was another one that was on my list that just kept getting bumped down. I'm like, oh, I didn't want to leave that. And that that actually has a movie too. It's on Netflix, and Fletcher and I watched it, and uh, he loved it. So now I wanted to get to read read the book. Um, do you remember CBS Story Break on Saturday mornings? Yes, yes, I do. <laughs> I remember they did a, a How to Eat Fried Worms one. Nice. Um, I had uh, some high school ones. You mentioned Great Expectations. Um, 
Yeah. Uh, I, the story itself is great. It's just the book's so freaking long, <laughs> you know. Yeah. But it's yeah. a great story. Um, Julius Caesar. I I was blown away when I finally le- read that read that whole story. I think that was really cool. Um, mm. And Romeo and Juliet, another one I thought was really oh, great. Yeah, yeah. Um, uh, one. Okay, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna mention uh, a couple of these and uh, just because I'm not sure which ones you're number one, so we'll just wait on those. But those are some okay. of the other ones uh, on there. And uh, so, Jim, what's your what's your number one? Well, my number one, I went with a series of books, Ooh. and these are also a Scholastic Book Order book. And I couldn't do. I think I know what yours is, and I don't. I don't think we have the same one. I don't one. think we do either. Yeah. Okay, uh, mine. I went with Goosebumps. Nice. Yes, I I did not. Okay. Okay. And I, I have think my I reasons. know what you did go with. Yeah, I have my reasons for not. But go ahead. Talk. Tell me about Goosebumps. Cause this is everyone wanted this one on their li- on our lists. Just so you know. Oh yeah. I mean, yeah. Goosebumps from 1992 to 1997, they did 62 books <sighs> under the Goosebumps title. That's like more than one a month. Right. And there and there weren't like super short. They had you know that's a good size book. I mean not like super yeah. big, but it, it's a lot of stories to come up with, you know. Yeah, and and not to mention while he was writing Goosebumps, uh, they were also publishing Fear Street, and I yeah. think a couple different series under the R.L. Stein name. Which, I mean, I don't think I ever heard it confirmed, but it, there has to be a team of like twenty writers writing under the R.L. Stein pen name, right? Well, you'd think so. I mean, I don't know how he could write all the, these. It's impossible. That would be just impossible for that to happen. But I I mean, these were like, when we got that month late, do you remember getting that scholastic book order in class? Oh my God, I absolutely loved it. And it was uh, like Christmas. It was like Christmas. And then I found out you actually had to pay for it. Cause I remember coming home <laughs> real <laughs> sidebar here. I remember coming home with my first one. I don't know if it was kindergarten or first grade. I don't remember when it was. And I had all this stuff circled and I had it circled for like friends and family. I said, well, we can get this one for this person and I can get these three. And my mom was like, you know, we have to buy these. So no, <laughs> you're getting one, <laughs> you know? like dang it but how cool sorry to still you know keep talking but how cool was it when the the order came in class that day and you got your book so awesome oh so great all right i would get like the far side books and calvin and Hobbes and goosebumps and it was so awesome nice um goosebumps was always my favorite though no matter what i had to have a goosebumps when it came out so i probably had like one through 25 on the goosebumps until i got like too old to read them yeah um and then I moved on to like Stephen King and like actual horror mo- horror books and stuff. Right. But the original Goosebumps, like Welcome to Dead House, Monster Blood, Say Cheese and Die, <laughs> um, Night of the Living Dummy. Uh, what awesome. was the one about Camp? Was it Camp Nightmare? I think so. Yeah, I think that's. I don't have. I, it I loved of me. that one. <clears throat> yeah. I did weird. Uh, the Haunted Mask was really awesome. Just these like probably 150 page scary books and i think that's why i love like anthology series that's why i love um like uh the outer limits and twilight zone and yeah. are you afraid of the dark and tales from the crypt and they all go back to me loving goosebumps with these scary stories and installments of each other it's just i love stuff like that and i think that's what what spawned it all nice nice um see here okay here's the reason i left this off my list jim because okay. i also loved tales from the crypt and um, Are You Afraid of the Dark? Um, yeah. And I love Goosebumps, the TV show. <laughs> um, 
I oh yeah, they did do they one. Did yeah. TV, and those are on Netflix now too. And I've been rewatching them because what? Yes, and they're awesome. Are they really? Oh, oh yeah, I didn't know that. They're I'm gonna awesome. watch that tonight. Yeah, they're awesome. Um, see, I didn't really have a lot of the books because I would watch the the shows a lot in when it came out when they came out. But a lot of people would get the books, and I did read a few, especially the uh, the uh, the one about the mummy. Um, yeah, I think everyone has like read that one or had it, and um. I just, I just, I felt guilty by putting this on, knowing that I watched the TV show more. It's like cheating. You're like, oh, I watched the movie instead of read the. That's read fair. The book. You know, so That's I just fair. like, I've got to leave it off. But I, this is everyone. When I told people we're doing this topic, like, oh, you can have goosebumps on there. You can have goosebumps, and I'm like, I want to. You know, I didn't say anything, but I, uh, I just, I couldn't. <laughs> well, thank I, I, you for your honesty. Yeah, I lie a lot on this show, but I felt like I couldn't lie about this one. So. <laughs> Um, yeah, so that's why I left it off, but uh, everyone had these books, Jim. And the artwork was awesome. Yeah. Um, the movie that came out with Jack Black as R.L. Mm-hmm. Stein, it was awesome. And because I saw a lot of the shows, and all the sh- all the TV shows, they're based on his books too. The movie incorporates so many elements of all those stories. It yeah. is so cool. I, I, was pleasantly, I was pleasantly happy with that movie like it wasn't the best i movie, was too but it was like that's no, fun but it was fun. fun yeah it was fun and i i almost hate everything that jack black is in so i was really happy that that was a pretty good movie well there you go there you go yeah uh, even cable guy uh, uh okay what yeah the cable guy <laughs> with uh you know what we'll, we'll, we'll save that for our uh our top five cable guy movies all right we'll forget mm-hmm, that mm-hmm, cool cool cool, uh, cool anything else on uh, goosebumps jimbo no, no. I just, um, I love, I loved reading them. I loved, you know, some of them were a little more disappointing. Like some of them had a great build up to them, and you get to the end and it'd be like such a letdown. And other ones had great cliffhangers and great endings. It was just, I don't know. I loved them. Yeah. I loved, loved reading Goosebumps. I'm sure my mom still has every one of them somewhere in a shoebox. Your mom sure. still has your first tooth that you fell out of your mouth. Probably. Probably. And actually, no, the Tooth Fairy has that. Um, anyway, uh, so <laughs> is that it then, Jim? Is that it for your number one? That good, is it. I am I am on pins and needles All for right. your number one. Well, mine is a classic, Jim. Okay. Also a franchise. Lots of books. Um, in fact, which I just found out last night, over 150 books, which I had no really? clue. I thought it ended about 40. <laughs> uh, but that's just where I ended. Um, by Gertrude Chandler Warner. First one came out in 1924, and it's The Boxcar Children. Ah, yes. 1924, really? 1924. Um, Wow. And then it was reissued in 1942, and then that's when it, from 42 on is when it was kept getting reissued, or, you know, they, and then she started coming out with more after that, but 1924. Isn't that crazy? Wow. I had no idea. Yeah, she was a, a, a first grade school teacher, and she wrote it in her spare time. That makes a lot of sense now because if it was written in like 1992, yeah, Child be, Protective Services would be calling these children so fast. Right, and they'd be living in a sewer instead of a boxcar. Sure. Um, yeah, but uh, boxcar children is it's what it is. Um, these kids, uh, oh man, Henry, Jesse, Violet, and Benny, four kids. They're or, they're, uh, their parents have, have passed on, they're, and so they're kind of orphaned. They're sent to live with their grandpa, who, uh, who always, they always feared is a very ang- mean person. So they run away. They don't want to go. And they end up finding this boxcar in the woods on an abandoned train track. And they um, they live there. Well, they first they go, they see this, um, they get into this town and there's like a baker and his wife. And uh, they, they, they pretend to be nice to the kids, but they really aren't. So the kids 
you know, leave, and then they end up in this boxcar, and that's where they're going to live. And so the first book really takes place with in that boxcar and then how they're kind of surviving in there. And then one little kid, Henry, gets sick. Oh, uh, well, actually, I think it's the little girl that gets sick. I don't remember now. One of the little kids of the two of the four gets sick. Yeah. And then um, finally, the grandpa, you know, because the grandpa has been searching for them, you know, and it turns out he's actually a really nice person. And um, and it, you know, it, it had a happy ending at the end, but it turns out he, you know, he's he gets these kids, but he he understands their independence and he he, he you know that they survived in this boxcar, so he has the boxcar moved to his property, and they still live in it and hang out, and it's like their clubhouse type thing. Uh, so it's a really, really cool, really cool story. I, I was blown away when I think this one was read to us. Like I was sitting there in class and the teacher would read it like a couple chapters each day, you know, and yeah. I was like, this is awesome. And then I found that's when I found like, oh, this is on, you know, this classic book orders. And there's wait, there's other ones. There's other books. <laughs> so I got the first one. I reread it. And then I kept getting them and getting them and getting them. I was getting a, I got, I think I up to 30, number 36, I think is where I ended. Wow. And no kidding. Um, some of the ones that, uh, I'll mention, you know, of course, the boxcar challenge is their first one, and then um, the couple of ones at the Yellow House Mystery, Surprise Island, Mystery Ranch, uh, Blue Bay Mystery. So like later on, after the bo- original boxcar challenge, they kind of turned into the Hardy Boys, like sleuths. It was like the Hardy Boys and Nancy Drew put together, <laughs> and okay, then, yeah, it, yeah. then they would solve mysteries, you know. And so that's and it, and again, it went on to like 145. Uh, books plus 21 specials in the series so over you know a ton of books so many books i had no idea yeah and i was like the same thing i got just too old and that's why i stopped reading them i just was too old but i i think there's still a few that i had that i never even read you know and i i'm I'm pretty sure my parents don't have them anymore you know but the artwork was awesome i could still see them all in my head right now but uh yeah i loved i absolutely loved this series i just think it was so cool it was so cool as a kid to think oh wow cool to live in a old train box car like how cool is that you know and it was just that was so cool and it's so i love the end when you find out that the grandpa you know is this wealthy guy and he's really nice person you know it's got a little like annie you know a little orphan annie aspect to it you know like yeah and uh yeah it's so cool and then they have a dog in there named watch which is their watchdog and uh (laughs) Yeah, and all the kids are like um, the youngest. Benny is like seven in the start of it. They get a little older as you go on. Violet is ten. Jessica's twelve, and and Henry is the oldest. Um, he's fourteen, and um, yeah, he actually goes off to college. So you kind of he grew up with the, as you're reading, you kind of grew up with these four kids, which is really cool. So, um, I I mean I don't know what else to say about it. I mean I just absolutely love it. There was a movie like I mentioned, um, or did I, I don't know if I mentioned that. No, I didn't mention it. But there is a movie. It's on also on Netflix. And I watched it with Fletcher. The movie is an uh, adaptation of the first book, um, and uh, Grandfather Eldon in it is played by Martin Sheen, his voice. Um, awesome. The other voices in it, um, one, one name you recognize is uh, J.K. Simmons, plays the baker. I believe the, oh, cool. I believe it's the baker he plays. I can't remember now. Um, but yeah, they, uh, um, it's actually really good. It's a, it's a cartoon book, or a cartoon movie, and it's, it's basically word for word, the movie, or the book. So, um, pretty sweet. Um I don't know if there was uh, any more, like they made any more movies from the books. I don't think they did, but, uh, yeah, I just, I freaking love these. It was so, it's just so good. Um, yeah, I don't know what else to say about it, but, uh, oh, there's a museum actually. Uh, there's one thing in July, 2004, a museum in Putnam, Connecticut opened in, in a red box car to honor Gertrude Warner, uh, who was from there. And, uh, 
in the whole boxcar series. So there's a whole museum in this uh, boxcar, and it's all honored to her, to her. So it's pretty sweet. And she's buried right down the road, actually, in the Grove oh, Street wow. Cemetery. Yeah. And, in, in Connecticut, so that's uh, yeah, it's pretty sweet. Um, of course, later on when she stopped writing, other people took the role, the the role of author on, and uh, it, a lot of the later ones are written by other people. But uh, they're good. They're good. I honestly, people with kids, <laughs> they're really good books. Like Hardy Boys are good too. I they kind of I I thought like I grew in more into the Hardy Boys, so like I thought that was a little for older kids. But like Boxcar mm-hmm. Children is a great place to start for like books like this i know everyone's like reads the harry potter and all that stuff now but you can still get these books and i highly recommend them i I, they're the best so there you go yeah i had i had a few of them um maybe into the teens but uh originally my mom bought me the a box set of like the first four yeah 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 you get the uh, yeah you get the first four you can get a box set of you can still get that box set by the way, I looked really? it up on Amazon. Yeah, <laughs> that's crazy. Yeah. Okay, so I had I had that little box set, and then she continued to buy me each volume after that point. Yeah. Um, but I only the first one is probably the first novel I ever actually finished on my own. Yeah. So I, I read the first book, and then I think I read the second book, and I never read another one after that. But she kept buying them until the point where I was like, can you need to stop because I'm not, I'm not even reading books. So then we, we had, you know, we had probably 15 or so of them. And, uh, and and maybe now that I think about it, that's why I love box sets and, uh, collecting things now. Yeah. Like I, I like to have, that's why I do comics and stuff like that. Like I like, I like box sets and I like having numbered ordered things. I don't know. It's weird. Yeah. That's funny. That's as you were saying that, I, I was just thinking, like, that's maybe where my obsession started with collecting <laughs> box sets for, like, you know, first it was, like, CDs and stuff and special editions of that stuff. And then movies yep. and DVD, you know, first with VHS and DVDs, now Blu-rays. And, oh, and, yeah. Uh, yeah, I think the Boxcar Children would probably be my first collection of something. Me that too. wasn't that wasn't that wasn't like a toy. That wasn't like Ninja Turtles, you know, like Yeah. It's so yeah. And that's why I just had to have it, even though I like again stopped reading them, but I still like had to have them. It was so weird. Yeah. yeah. Right. I do. I'm the same way. That's that's so weird. <laughs> uh my advice to you is not to get into comic books because it will spiral out of control, my friend. Oh yeah. I never have gotten into them really. I mean I like them because I just felt like I can't control myself. It's like an addict yeah, going into a, like it a, is. It's like a yeah, a gambling addict going into the casino. It's just you know, just throw gasoline on that fire, you know? Yeah. So, uh, well, good. Well, Jim, the other couple ones on my honorable mention list I wanted to mention that I didn't want, I thought would be on yours, was one was Goosebumps, and one was Scary Stories to Tell in the Dark, which I know was a collection oh. of stories. So I wasn't sure if I could put that one in there, but I know sure. the artwork is what really I love the most, and I know we've talked about that before. And yes. I know you bought some prints of that artwork, right? Um, no, my mom found the original books. Oh, she found the books. Okay. And right. yeah, so I have those here, uh, for uh, a few years down the road when our little boy has sleepovers. Nice. Perfect. I can, I can tell some stories. Um, but yeah, you can, they, they sell these books still on Amazon, but they don't have the original artwork in them. They changed out the artwork somewhere along the line, but that's what Probably sold these books. Probably because it was scary was like, as hell. <laughs> They were so scary. There's charcoal drawings oh. in there. Oh my god, they were awesome. They looked like they were drawn in a basement somewhere. Uh, anyway, um, so the other one I wanted to mention that I didn't, and I is called "On My Honor," 
Have, do you ever remember I this don't book? Know that. Okay, this no. is it was like a Gary Paulson book. I don't think it was written by him. It was written by someone else, and I forget who it is now. But um, it was like that same thing. But it was about these these two kids that go. They're gonna they're going on a bike ride or whatever, and they're like they're like nine, ten, eleven years old, and uh, and the dad of the one, the main kid, was like, you know, you be careful, you don't, you know, stay away from this, you know, that river, you know, there's a part of the river. He's like, stay away from that. Of course, the kids don't listen to him, and then they go swimming, and they're gonna have a race across this river, and they get caught in the like tide, and the one kid turns around and notices his friend's gone. And, and the, that's in what you, what the worst thing that's happened happens. The kid drowned and, but this kid struggles. This whole book is this kid struggling to go back home and talk to this kid's family and his parents and about like, he starts with a lie. He doesn't tell him what happens. And so the whole book is about the moral of telling the truth. And, um, it's really good. And you, you, your whole time you're like, Wait, did this kid really die, or did he? Is this? Is he really telling the truth that he didn't die, or 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 is he just a big you know lying this whole way? And he finally comes clean and stuff, and has to you know he's he's heartbroken and stuff. It's just a really cool book for a young preteen to read, I think. And so that's huh. one that I didn't I didn't put on there because I thought it wasn't as popular. Uh, but I know I know I had to read it in school, so I know people from my town probably know what it is, but. It's a really good book. I suggest uh, looking up. But it's, it's, it definitely makes you want to make sure to tell the truth all the time because <laughs> you just feel <laughs> horrible because then you have to grieve with these people, these parents of this kid who just lost their, their, their child. You know, So it's, it's a really good book. I, uh, not to end on a bad note, but that was my one honorable mention that was hard for me to leave off. But, uh, yeah, so huh. there you go. Well, Super Fudge is great too, though. <laughs> tried to pick it up a little bit uh, right right yeah the other one i, I mentioned too was a uh, huck finn i did mention i did uh and i know it's sure. quite dated now but it was a it was a good you know i remember seeing the movie too and that came out and that was really cool of course it was the original one you know was banned in a lot of places and stuff which is unfortunate um but i get it you know but uh yeah those are some good ones good i like this jim i didn't realize when you suggested this i thought i don't read <laughs> I didn't ever like reading, but then I'm like going through and I'm like, suddenly I got a huge list of books. I'm like, oh yeah, I did. Okay. All right. I did yeah. have some books, you know? So, uh, yeah, that was good. That was a little trip down memory lane. That was nice. trip down memory lane. Yeah. Good stuff. Did you ever have to read the jungle in high school, Jim? <laughs> the, the Upton Sinclair. Uh, yeah. How many I didn't have, actually, I didn't have to read it in high school. I have read it. Okay. And another one, there's another one that everybody's read that I've never read is 1984. Um, you know, I've never read that one. I never either. had to read it. Yeah. yeah, I own it. I had just, I haven't read it, and it wasn't one that I had to read. Yeah. Well, that's a good book, though. It's a good book. So, uh, okay. Well, that's all we got. All right. Goodbye, everyone. No, wait. Um, right. Yeah. No, good pick. Well, Jim, 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 Jim. Hey, Jim. Whoa. <laughs> whoa. 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 I had two Mountain Dews. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> all right. Hey, we're going to be guests on another podcast this Friday. Yeah. Yes. And I believe it's airing the following Friday, but we are okay. going to be guests on um, a topic a month podcast. And I was already a guest on there once before, um, but this time they want us both there, which is exciting. Actually, they want you there and I just butt myself in. <laughs> no, no. I, uh, I, I suggested like, you got to have us both on because he asked me again because what they're talking about is video games. And I'm like, yes. oh, that's right in our wheelhouse. So like we have to get on there. <laughs> And uh, so he asked us on. We're very excited to talk about it. 
uh, to talk about games. Um, I'm not sure exactly what uh, what he's going to ask us and where what genres we're going to talk about, but I'm I'm ready. I'm ready with my original NES stuff. I can guarantee you that. Yeah, yeah. I kind of like going into it blind. We'll see what happens. Yeah, we'll see. And so we'll we'll end up doing our PlayStation games soon to follow up this his podcast. But check him out. He's got some. He's got good stuff. His name's Aiden, and he has a topic a month podcast. And it's on it's on Podbean as well, and, if, and uh, it's on uh, iTunes and all that fun stuff. So check them out, uh, Jim. So that's Jim. We get to talk twice this week. That's exciting. Uh, you, yeah. You okay with that? You're okay with that? <laughs> we talk. We talk. We talk every day. No, we don't. No, we don't. 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 Right. Jim, we're gonna, we're playing a game here. Okay. <laughs> right. Right. We don't. We don't actually like each other. Well, that's true. Um, but so, <laughs> what are we gonna talk about next week, Jim? Uh, next week, we're going to talk about our favorite childhood cartoons. Oh, boy. I'm excited. Yeah, buddy. I am excited. I don't know about you, but and I'm sure everyone, you included, anybody listening, woke up early on a Saturday morning and watched cartoons from like 6 a.m. to noon. Oh, yeah. I know I did. That's all you did. And this is the only thing that got me up on a Saturday morning. <laughs> oh, Yeah. Oh, I'm excited to talk about some obscure ones. I mean, I'm going to have my top five, and people will be like, oh, yeah. But there's some obscure Saturday morning ones I just want to reference next week, and I, I'm hoping that you know which ones they are when we talk about uh, them. I probably will. Yeah. I probably will. There's one in particular remember, that was so bad, it was so great at the same time. <laughs> I mean, oh, God, they're just flowing through my head right now. I don't want to say any of yeah, them. Yeah, don't say anything. Don't say anything. Don't say anything. Uh, good stuff. Oh, um, real quick. Um, our 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 good buddy listener Zach. You know, he always likes to send his top five. So he sent his top five of books, and um, I'll go from five to one. He sent uh, Mrs. Nelson is missing. I which I don't remember that one. Do you remember that one? I don't either. Okay. No. Uh, then the boxcar children. Uh, he read The Hobbit as a kid, which I know a lot of people did. I never did. So, yeah. Uh, he had I the heart. He had the Hardy Boys on here, and his number one, Jim. You're back in good graces with Zach. Goosebumps. <laughs> Nice. Yes. So I think you can be friends again. Good, 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 good. Yeah. All right. Well, let's get out of here. <laughs> All right. See you okay. later. <laughs> All right, Jim. I'm going to talk. Uh, call you back in about, I don't know, about five minutes. Uh, cool. 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 I might answer. Nope. Please don't. Butterfly in the sky. I can go twice as high. Take a look. It's in a book. A reading rainbow I can go anywhere Friends to know And ways to grow A reading rainbow